Welcome to the Regents Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our Sunday morning or Wednesday evening gatherings. We hope you're challenged and encouraged by this message. Let's pray so we can get started this morning. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your grace today. Thank you so much for keeping this family intact, keeping them together while we were gone, protecting them, teaching them, and just showing them your grace and shouting your mercy on them. We praise you for that. Lord, I pray that this morning as we go into your word, that you will open our eyes to things about you. We just want to get to that place where we know you, we know you, we trust you, and trust you because we know you. But I pray that we will be, get there. Help us to be able to do what we need to do, to accept what you have already given to us, and to live the way you directed us to live. Father, we praise and honor for all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, today we're going to talk about trusting God. It's trust in the Lord. And you're going to see how this all plays out when we talk about our trip. This is my way of telling the story of our trip. It's all about trusting the Lord. And the key passage that we chose there, hope it's on the screen, the key passage there is just one verse that we find in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It simply says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Okay? In all your ways, or as the translation here says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Some translations will say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. One of the things I like about God's word is, he tells you what you need to do, and he says, if you do yours, I'm going to do mine. It's not, there is no ifs or buts about it. He says, do this, and I will do that. If you don't do it, and you expect me to do my part, that's a problem. And we need to get that, all of us. Whether we are in Sacramento, or in Zimbabwe, or anywhere in the world. God always, he, he says, look, the stakes are high. This is what I want you to do. You do your part, guaranteed, I'm going to do mine. Amen. But if you don't do your part and somehow you expect me to do my part, it doesn't work like that. That's what he's saying. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's number one. Don't lean on your own understanding and you ask me why. Why you asked? In everything you do, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Seek his will and his purpose in everything you do. That's us. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in everything you do. Okay, now you've done your part. Watch me do what I say. I will direct you in what part in your path you should take. Period. So we as humans, we like to not do our part, but we want God to do his own part. It doesn't work like that. God did not create robots. He created real human beings in his own image. Human beings that are rational, that can think, that can make choices. That's what he created. So don't try to get God to do his part when you fail to do your own. Okay? Is that good? Yeah, that's good. That's the truth. You do your part, you let him do his. If he doesn't do his part, okay. <laughs> what you told me to do, so I'm waiting for you to do your part. You've got to check this thing out. You have to trust him that much. And it's okay to take him to task. Because he will never fail. That's the part. Okay, let's kind of try to unpack this. So, the question that I ask each one, my first point is, whose truth will you believe? You see, we're never going to talk about this too much. Whose truth are you going to believe? Your own truth? <laughs> Here's what the Bible says in the book of Romans. We should be in Romans chapter 3, but we kind of share that a little bit. 
But in Romans chapter 3, it says if, if, even if everyone is a liar, God is true. See, if you don't know anything else about the scriptures, get this. Even if everyone is a liar, God is always true. We've got to know that, take that in, rely on it, bank on it, take it to the bank. Even if everyone is alive, even if, and oftentimes everyone is alive, even if every circumstance is lying to you, God is always true. That's what he says. So the point is that you and I, we need to decide which truth we're going to believe. Either the truth of God's word, the way he says it, or you're going to believe in the truth of your own circumstances or people's voices. It's a choice. And we make those choices every day. We had to make those choices during our trip. And I'm sure that you made those choices during the week. Whether to trust what the Lord said and act on it, or to trust something else that someone told you or someone that you believe or whatever. It's a choice that we have to make at all times. We've got to choose that. Either the voice of the circumstances or the voice of other people or our own little voices or the voice of God's truth. There are no two ways about it. You can't stand in the middle. But I want you to know that every truth that is contrary to the truth of God's word is a lie. I've got to say that again. Now, every truth you hear Every truth that anyone, the best authority in the world, tells you, every truth they tell you that is contrary to the truth of God's word is a lie, as far as God is concerned. Because he said, let God be true and every man a liar. Even if everyone is a liar, God is always true. So, and if you believe anything that is contrary to the word of God, what does that mean? Well, it simply means that you saying, God, I don't think you're saying the truth. I can't believe what you're telling me. I'd rather believe this one here because this one sounds more authentic. This one sounds more true to me. This is more believable. I can relate to this. I, I'm not sure about this one. So I'd rather go with this one because you act based on what you believe. That's what we do. We always act based on what we believe. And oftentimes, the stuff we believe is not true. <laughs> so you've got to be sure that what you believe lines up with the truth. So here, anytime you believe anything that is contrary to the word of God, you are saying, God, I can't trust you. Maybe you don't quite have the boldness that God, you're lying to me. But really, that's what you're saying. Right? I can't believe you. I'd rather believe that. Because that's what you're doing. And I want you to also know, yeah, you think God is lying to you and you prefer another's opinion to God's opinion. I don't know, I can't say this too many times. Because it has to come down to, this is for all of us, each of us right here. Anytime you choose to believe anything contrary to what the Bible says, you are saying, God, I can't trust you, I'd rather trust this one. But the Bible says that cursed is anyone who puts his trust in man. Amen. If you should ever put your trust in human beings rather than in God, the Bible really says you're like, you're cursed. That's horrible. You know why? Even with all our good intentions, we can't always keep our promises. We may have the best of intentions. We may really want to do it, we really want to help you, but we can't do it because we don't have all that it takes to keep our promises for tomorrow. We don't. We wanted to do it, but we couldn't. So get that, okay? So whether we choose to trust the voice of government policies, or we choose to trust the voice of science or whatever, and it's good, these are great, they're truths, but they're limited truths. Amen. The voice of God is irrevocable. You can't change it. What God says will happen, will happen. But you've got to do your own part first. Okay? So, I mean, as, as I begin this morning, I'm just 
imagine for a second, let's just assume, Debbie, that what God says about you is true. Let's just assume, okay? That what Jesus says about you is true. And let's assume, Robert, that what Jesus says about you is true. How would that make you behave about what he says? Just assume that what he says about you, let's just, let's just take a little risk here. Just let our imagination run crazy for a second. That what Jesus Christ says about you in his word is true. That you are his child. And that he has empowered you to do everything that he did. <laughs> let's assume that you've got the power to do that. Robert, let's assume that you have the power to do that, Nora. Everyone else here, that let's assume, Patrick, that what Jesus says about you is true, and you can actually do the things he says you can do. Amen. And let's assume that you believe that. Will that change the way you behave? Will that change the way you approach life? If you and I come to a place and say, It might sound too good to be true, but it's actually true. Wow! You mean I can do that? Right? I mean, it's like you waking up in the morning, maybe you had a dream. It's like, this has got to be a dream. I have a million dollars. It's yours. I already promised your forefathers that I'll give it to you. know, right that they had a choice. We are not in the land yet. Other people are occupying the land, but somehow you say this land belongs to us. We can choose to believe that it's ours or say, Moses, we think you're really out of your mind. I don't know where you got this thing here. Get out. It's a choice. Choose, that, choose to believe that this land is yours or you choose to believe, I don't think so. But different things will cause you to believe or not to believe. So he promised to give them that. The only problem is that there were giants in the land. Before you get this land that I say is yours. I know you read the end of the book, and the book says this land already is yours. I just want you to look ahead and see yourselves living in this land, even though you have giants. Look ahead, two years from now, this land belongs to you. You can choose to believe that, or you can think, Moses, get out of town. We know you're crazy. You were so crazy before, you killed that guy, and now you've gone for 40 years, and now we really know you're crazy. Whichever way you want to go. Or you're going to believe, you know what? This is the word of God. We've got to believe it. And act like we got it. Like when you got a million dollars back, you got to act like you got a million bucks, right? Amen. Honey, let's go over there. Let's go shopping. I know I don't like shopping all the time, but today I'm going shopping with you. <laughs> right? That's, you know, I'm saying you gotta behave like you got a million dollars, right? Because you know that you know that you know you got it. The same thing with the word of God. You got it. Right? I hope this is not just a dream that it actually comes through, Patrick. Anyway, so but the point, so here they got they had a choice. They gotta decide which reality they will believe. Some of them though. Some of the people there decided that they were going to focus on the reality of the giants in the land rather than focus on the power of God, the truth of God, the faithfulness of God that can never fail. Some actually chose that. There are giants. We can't do it. We cannot take that land, even though God says he's giving it to us. We can't do it, Moses. You all can go, but I don't think we can do it. We'd rather go back to Egypt. We can't do this. Only the minority said, God says we can take it. God says he's giving it to us. We can. That's the value of Caleb. He says, you know what? We can take the land that God has given to us. They haven't got it. The giants are still there. And he says, we can take that land. It's a choice. Which, whose truth are you going to believe? <clears throat> you know, today, each of us has 
we have a choice to make to believe and respond to the reality of all the negative circumstances around us, right? We can choose to believe the reality, and they're real. Your challenges are real. They're real. It's just what level of reality are we talking about, right? You can choose to limit your, you know, your consciousness, your belief to that which is real. It is real. Or you can choose to believe the other reality that God says, you know, son, I got your back. Amen. I've already taken care of that. You know, here we go. Before we travel, we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of donations of clothes and different things, pencils and pens and erasers, everything we wanted to take to bless the children of Zimbabwe. We weren't going to sell any of those. We just take my Bibles and all. We have all this and God gave them to us. Amen. But here's the problem. Just before we got there, <laughs> before we even took off, my guy over there calls me and says, okay, I want to know what you guys are bringing me. Because the government of Zimbabwe has tightened up on stuff you can bring in. If you're bringing the wrong stuff, you've got to pay the tariff. Okay, that's real. That's as real as it gets. Amen. And I know that. The government has just tightened up their stuff and they're going to, you know. Okay, what do we do? I got my team together. We talked about this. What shall we do? You know, as we were talking about all these clever things we're going to do and all that, one of our team members says, come on, guys. This is going to be our first test. Are we going to trust God or not? Amen. It's like, whoa, that just hit me like this. This guy said this? I took that seriously. So we all went back and, you know, still thinking, I said, okay, let's remove whatever. Oh, this is going to be heavy, da, da, da. Let's just remove them because we don't want to get over there and pay too much money. You know, so we did all what we could do, you know, do our, our due diligence and everything. Um, you know, so we did all that. But at some point, it's like, okay, God, even if they charge us, 40%, because our guy went to the city over there, found out that everything we bring in, we're going to pay 40% on the value of it. I said, okay, at 40%, we'll still be okay. We can afford to pay for that. Okay, we did everything we could do, but we're praying, God, we don't want it. We really don't want to waste this money. This is money that we could use to buy something else for the children. Amen. Right? So we, we just, okay, I went to the stores, like something got into me. It's like, what are you doing? I went to the storage. Got more shirts and everything stuff. I'm gonna pay for it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Might as well fill up my box. You know, he just put stuff all over the place, shirts and you know, put them there. Okay. So, so we gotta go. If it's money, we're gonna spend the money. But God, our eyes are on you, because we don't want to spend this money. All right. But that's what happened. Which voice are we gonna listen to? The voice of the government policy, which is real, or the voice of God that says, I'll be with you wherever you are. We're not going to commit a crime, we're not going to be crazy, but God says, I will be with you even to the end of the age. That's the word of God. So God, you didn't give us these things for us to for it to become trouble. You gave us these things for us to give them to the children. Right? Okay, we're going to take it over there. If you don't do it, if you don't protect us, if you do not deliver us, we're going to tell you that take it, do whatever you want with it at the airport, or we pay the money that we could use for something else, or you're just going to lead us through and we don't have a problem. Amen. Right? So, this stuff gets really practical when you go on a mission trip. <laughs> it comes down to that, but you have to wait for the delay for the end of the story because. Um, 40% duty on everything, that's what we're going to do, right? But, from though, everything was going well, we flew, flying, everything was fine, we got to South Africa, got loaded on the plane, can I say that? We were all sitting on the plane and all of a sudden there is a problem on the plane. It's like, okay, you guys better take care of it down here because we can't be dealing with this when we get up there. Okay, once we start flying, it's not a time to fix anything. We fix it down here. <laughs> 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 Woo! 
It's a problem. Okay, there's a communication problem, and Brother Robert he said, that's why I didn't go with you guys. <laughs> because 38,000 feet above sea level, 39,000 feet above sea level is not a time to hear that you have a communication problem. Mm -hmm. One of the wing stuff is not opening well, that means landing might be a problem. Okay, so, but that's what happened. We had a delay.
That's what happened to me. But you know that trust makes you vulnerable. That's why it's so hard to trust. That's why it's so hard to trust. Because you know what? When you trust, you expose yourself. You expose your heart. You expose your, you know, to all kinds of dangers. Trust makes it it's so hard because you give up control. Trust is so hard because you don't want to get taken advantage of. Trusting is so difficult because you know what happens is that you don't want to. You are afraid of being disappointed. We've all been disappointed in life, and then when God says, trust me, he says, I trusted somebody before, this is what it did to me. I don't know about that. I can put one leg in here, I'm gonna put the other one outside, just in case you get this one, whoop, So God is saying, I want you to trust me. And guess what? We have a hard time trusting God. Because trust makes us so vulnerable, right? I don't know you enough. I don't know you enough to trust you that much. Because I don't know, since I don't know you well enough, I'm not sure you're going to come through when I need you. So I've got to be careful about this because you might not show up when I really need you. So I have to have a backup plan. I have to have a plan B just in case you don't come through. And with God, when you have a plan B, you're not trusting enough. Because what God is saying is, I want you to trust me with all your heart. Trust is from the core of our being, from our heart. It's so guarded. And God says, I want you to be vulnerable. You're going to trust me? Two of us are going to work on this thing together? you got to trust me. With all your heart. I want you to be 100% vulnerable. Otherwise, we can't work together. We can't. If you don't trust me that much, we can't work together. I want you to be vulnerable. See, being vulnerable is like Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, naked pretty much. That's what vulnerability looks like. Nothing to hide. I can't hide anything. Even if I wanted to, my hands are all spread out. I can't use my hand to cover anything. That's what vulnerability looks like. And God says, I want you to be that vulnerable before me. Trust me that much. Where you have no plan B. That's what God is saying. I want you to trust me. Yes, trust me. See, when Jesus, you know, when we trust God like that, we start doing stuff and we're saying, God, I'm doing what you told me to do and I'm hoping that you're going to come through. I'm doing exactly what you told me to do, and I'm hoping that you're going to come through, because if you don't come through, I'm done. That's what trusting God is. Lord, I'm going to trust your word so much that if you fail to come through for any reason, I am finished. Everyone's going to laugh at me. In fact, I might be dead in the process. That's what trusting God is. Are you ready to trust God that much? To the point of being so vulnerable? You can't protect yourself? You can't shield yourself? It's like, I'm open before God. God, whatever you want to do with me, do it. That's what trusting God means. Hoping that God will come through and vindicate you. We gotta trust the Lord even if it doesn't make any sense. You gotta trust God with no double-mindedness because God says a double-minded person will not receive anything from the Lord, period. A double-minded person will not receive anything from the Lord. You gotta trust God to the point you are not double-minded. It is a single mind. God, if you don't come through, we are done. Double-mindedness is your enemy. You've got to trust the word of God 100% that it is exactly how he says it is. There are no what ifs. If the Lord fails, you're doomed. Because basically with God, you put all your eggs in one basket. Period. And that's what he says. Get all your eggs, all your vulnerabilities, stick them all in one basket. So if they break, everything is broken and you are finished. Why would you do that? Because I am powerful, I am faithful, and I will not fail you. But you gotta believe me. If you don't believe me, we can't work here. What about 
If you can't trust me with your most important, valuable, whatever, we cannot work together. If you can't trust me to the point of being vulnerable, we can't work together, is what God is saying to you today. We can't. Boy, we got to one of the villages called Chizinda. <clears throat> Never been to that village before. We got here. She did her thing, preached to the kids, talked to them. Everything is going well. Everything is going well. There was a truck that we were going to use to carry all the food. And by the way, God provided enough funds for us to feed 350 children. Amen. Right? And this is all starting from she and I dreaming, God, give us money enough to give this, you know, one meal. Just one meal, Lord. One, one, one meal. Cook a meal for them, let them just eat. That's all we wanted in 2013. And God says, I'm going to surprise you guys. Last year, he gave us enough funds to feed 205 kids. And this year, he gave us enough funds to feed 350 children plus 14 adults. Really old adults, including a lady who is 102 years old. And by the way, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's another story. Okay? So, so here we go. We got to this village called Chizinda, and we're giving out all this stuff. Life is going good. Instead of you taking the first truck that we just said, this truck kind of smokes a lot. You know, it's smoking. You know, it's not like in California where we have the smog laws and everything. It's kind of, so we wouldn't take that. We wanted a stronger truck. And a stronger truck, we didn't get that. But when we got to this village, this truck was so strong, it wouldn't, it was sink in the sand. <laughs> right? So we finished everything we're doing. We're going to go to another village. Our truck is stuck. We can't move. Driver tries to move the car. Just, you know, just the tires just stay there. Make more, a deeper hole in the sand. What? So we looked at that and looked at that. It's like, at some point, I said, I was going around telling, we got to pray. Amen. We got to pray. But I'm not getting enough response from people. I said, we got to pray. But as I'm saying that, I'm saying, how exactly are we going to pray? Because this year is going to be right in the open. How exactly are we going to do this? I said, we got to go over there and put our hands on the truck and tell Jesus to move the truck. <laughs> so, Truck is digging more hole in the ground, not coming out. They put all the things there, put some leaves. This, this is not tripling. We put leaves and branches and everything there to create a traction there so the truck would come out. The more we did that, the deeper it got. Now we did everything, everything was looking good, and all of a sudden, driver feels okay, we can move now. So he goes to the front of his car, turns the key, nothing is happening. What? We just did all this work trying to get the tires to get a traction and move, and now the car wouldn't start. I said, now guys, we got to pray. Okay, because this has gone beyond just tires. Now the car wouldn't start. We're dealing with this one over here, we're dealing with that. We got to pray. I found myself said, guys, let's get together. We need to pray. Oops, okay. You got to pray. There's a lot of people here who don't understand what you're saying, but we got to pray. And if you pray and it doesn't happen, um, I say, well, we got to pray. So people agreed, they came together, placed their hands on the truck, we just prayed. I said, Lord, move this car, move this truck. You know, it's like, as soon as we finish the prayer, uh, I'm just, you know, the thing is whispering in my ear. <laughs> I don't like God is doing anything, and you're a pastor from California, you're here praying in the open, everybody heard you when you pray that this car will move, but now it doesn't look like it's moving. I say, you know what? It's not my problem. It's God's you know, reputation at stake. It's not under me alone. It is his reputation. If this car doesn't move, yeah, people will say your faith is fake, but you know what? God is going to be your problem, not mine. I'm just going around the car talking to myself. I won't tell anybody what I was saying. 
I thought that to myself, I said, God, is the order of nutrition not mine? Not mine. No, I'm saying, because the driver of Rosh said, driver, go in and try this car. He goes up, <laughs> put the key, nothing. I said, I'm going around. I said, me, my man, I won't tell me anybody wants to. I said, God, this I did what you told me to do. <laughs> if you don't want it, walk up us, I put the shame right here. <laughs> in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's not your little knowledge, your little... No, no, no. Don't lean on any other understanding. Lean on God's understanding. Don't lean on your own limited understanding because it's so limited. Do what God says to do. As um, Charles Stanley would say, obey God and leave the consequences to Him. Obey God and leave the consequences. That's what we need to do. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. See, you and I know only in part. Just a little bit. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yet all we need to do is look at God. This is what you said. I'm going to do it. I'll just do whatever you say. Whatever results from it is going to be your decision. He knows how to work all the details like in South Africa. He knows exactly how to work all the details. Right? I mean, we were, how are we going to? All we know, God, we just need you to get us through the airport. That's all we need. We don't know how that's going to happen. We have no idea. But God used a delay at, the airport, at one airport to clear the way to the next. Don't lean on your own understanding because your understanding is limited. All we need to do is trust the Lord. Trust Him. No matter how the circumstance is, even if you still feel the symptoms or whatever, God, I thank you because you have healed me. Why? I know that's what you said, that you're going to heal me when I pray. So I thank you for healing me. Right? God, I, just, I need the money to go to Zimbabwe. Okay. Your car might get in a wreck. I don't get it, but okay, it happens, but I'm going to fix the car too, and then give you some money to get you over to Zimbabwe. Don't lean on your own understanding. Man, when you get involved with God, you're in for a ride. God's going to take you through the experiences, and you look at it, it's like, I don't know how the Lord's going to do it, but I know he's going to do something. I just don't know how. I don't know how. So, don't lean on your own understanding, because you and I don't know enough. God knows how to put all the details together, work them all out to make things work. Okay? So that's just how it works. I don't know today, you, you and I, we have stuff going on. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust the Lord in every circumstance. Trust Him. Invite Him into your circumstances. I don't care what it is. God says He will show up. But he's not going to show up unless you trust him. Well, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Seek him or seek his will in all you do. What is your goal? Do you want to glorify yourself or to glorify God? Are you seeking the will of God in your circumstance? Do you know what God says about the circumstance you're going through? Do you know what he says? about your health? What does the Bible say about your health? What does the Bible say about providing for you? What does the Bible say about your, your grandchild who, who needs Jesus in their lives? What does God say about whatever you're going through? When you know the will of God, handle it, stay with it, stick to it. In all your ways, acknowledge it. In all your ways, seek the will of God. In everything you do, invite God into it. Not so 
that you will be glorified, but so that God will be glorified. And by the way, you know that when God answers your prayer, He is glorified. That's what Jesus said. I don't need to rewrite the Bible. I don't need to reinvent the will. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when He answers your prayer, God is glorified. Why do I need to seek any other sense? When common sense makes good enough sense, then seek no other sense. Amen. That's what the Bible, if the Bible makes good enough sense, seek no other sense. Right? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That God will use a delay, something that should have made us mad. He used that to work out a detail that we didn't know. There's no way we could have worked that out. There's no way. In the middle of nowhere in Chizinda, our vehicle is stuck, and God came in and did it and told the driver, go check that. We didn't even know he could move that truck thing over. He just went in there and checked something. Really easy something. Oh, that was it. But Jesus moved that truck. Seek his will in all you say. Find out what God says about you. Interesting that we have such a hard time trusting the word of God. Because we can't make sense of it. And therefore, we can't make sense of it using our limited human sense. We're trying to figure out God's sense and we can't get it and therefore we don't believe it. You know what? Don't try to figure it out. Just do what God says to do. Just do what God says to do. Just obey Him. Obey God and He'll walk out the details Obey Him and He'll walk out the details You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> trusting God saves you a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. Trust just saves you the trouble. Instead of worrying about it, instead of trying to find out this or find out that, you just trust him. Oh, God, I know you're going to show up. Thank you. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to lose sleep over it. I don't have to lose my peace. God, I trust you. You're going to take care of me somehow. I don't know how you're going to do it, but some, I know you're going to take care of it. So you can go to bed. I'm not worried about it. That's what trusting God will do for you. It saves you the trouble. It saves you the headache. Right? It says, in the, oh, don't, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, with petition, by petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Trust in me. saves you the trouble. It saves you the trouble of what shall we do? How are we going to take care of this? What are we going to do? It saves you all that trouble because God is just going to show up in his own way and take care of the circumstance. And it's like, what just happened? There's no way we could have planned this. There's no way we could have put all this together. Because God is wise, He's smart, He has all the power, and He loves you. And by the way, He's faithful. Amen. If He promises, I can tell you that. I've been on several mission trips where we are like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? If you don't show up, we're in trouble. And somehow, God shows up. He shows up. I mean, at the last of it, just a, you know, we've been preaching in different places, and young kids have been giving their lives to Jesus Christ. The older kids are thinking, maybe this is just for little kids, so they're not really, right? So I'm talking with our, our guide, that, you know, Pastor John, in Zimbabwe. We're just talking, and all of a sudden, he starts talking about some seniors over there, they call them old people, and they live in old people's homes, and, oh, and the kids don't come to visit them, nobody takes care of them, they're just living here, and uh, somebody had, you know, it's like, wow, so you mean that is here in the town? I said, yeah. I said, wow, I've never heard about these guys. Can we go see them? Is it possible for us to go and see them, maybe help them out in England? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Can you find out for us what they need? Oh yeah, he went over there. Oh, they need some chicken. They said, we don't get chicken at all. Unless it's Christmas. 
They need eggs. They didn't even say eggs. They didn't even say that. That's a luxury item. They need some fish, some dried fish. What do you guys call that fish again? Anchovies. Anchovies. Just little stuff like that. I say, well, that's what these people need. And the kids don't take care of kids. I kick them out of the house or whatever. I said, we're going to go see them. We're just going to see them. Went to the store. One of our guys was a doctor, so I said, help me out. What can we get for these old people? You see some eggs, you just grab a few packs of that stuff, you know, put them there. Chicken, grab like 10 of those and put them there, whatever. Just press it. We got money to buy it. Remember, we fed the kids already. And once you kept extra amount of money for us. So we grabbed those things, you know, cooking oil. But I said, what about all this oil right here? Is it good for you? He said, look, let's put this in perspective. These guys are really old. Let them enjoy themselves. Okay, that's fine. We got them some really cool stuff, put it all in there, and we went to visit them in this place. They all came out really old. And some of them well, really didn't really look as old as people thought they were. You know, they just brought this thing down. You know, we told them and they were so excited, they were so happy that we came to see them and we brought all, I mean chicken that we kick around here. They got some chicken they could eat on a non-Christmas day and all that kind of stuff. Then we just got, you know, it seemed like the Spirit of God said, you know what, you're here already, might as well share the gospel. Mm -hmm. The oldest person there was 102 years old. Wow. We just share the gospel there and say, hey, no pressure. But I know that life, you know, every minute of our lives is very important. So might as well give you the opportunity today to make a decision for Jesus. We just preach the gospel for them. How many people did you count? Ten. About ten of them. And may I say something? Ten out of the fourteen people there, all people, gave their lives to Jesus Christ in this place, in a forsaken place. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody cares. They're just looking for chicken to eat. 10 out of 14 seniors, I'm talking about in the 80s and 90s and 100s. Casual conversation. And one, one of them raised his hand, said, he, said he, he stood up and told the interpreter that he's not raising his hand for show or to make a show, that he's raising his hand because he wants Jesus to be in his heart for Amen. eternity. Amen. You know, so when God prompts you to do something, do it. Don't, don't start asking too many questions. Just, God, is, is that what you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it. When you take that step, when you obey God, you are in for a ride. And it's a fun ride. You're going to see God in a way you've never seen him before. And that was our prayer. I'm not even talking about the impact of this trip on our team. That's a different story. But God led us through. One thing after another. I mean, there were so many things. There was this one thing we were doing, and uh, Dr. Todd was like, God, please don't let us run out. God, don't let us run out. <laughs> These kids are all lined up here. He says, God, we hope we don't run out of this thing. But we didn't count them. We didn't know how many kids were going to line up in that particular line there. You're just giving out toothpaste and toothbrushes and pencils and all that stuff, giving it to the kids. i tell you the truth. When it got to the last kid on that one, there was one pack of something left. Mm -hmm. Just gave it to the child and mm -hmm. I look at those little things and I say, man, God is good. And you know what? God wants to use each of us. He wants to use each of us to glorify himself. But we've got to trust him. Trust him not to take that one step. Trusting enough at regions to take the steps we need to take. And God will never fail us. And that's what did you have anything to do with this Because you testimony want to share as a wrap Well, what I want to share is that you know, he has said everything. But God provided so much that last year they like the bags of flour they gave the kids last year was five kilograms. This year, it was 10 kilograms. The soaps, the bar soaps are big. I mean, everything this year is like God supersized everything. Mm -hmm. 
and he also increased the number of the kids we fed. And each kid, they tell us that the item we give to each kid, if they eat it just by themselves, it will last a month. If the whole family eats it, it will be two to three weeks, which is substantial because because we go to the store there and buy it from, from that, from the store there. So I really thank God. And I thank God that because we did not pay that thing at the airport, we had extra money to buy the things for the seniors. So Thank God you. just saved that money, and that's what we used to feed the seniors. Yeah. You know what? God is good. And God will show himself in your situation too. As we go into this week, expect something great. Just expect something, something miraculous. Expect. Because that's his promise. He promises. I want you to expect something from me. Pray with expectation. When you pray, I will show up. That's God's promise. Let's pray. Father Lord, we want to thank you this morning for your grace to us. We worship you, we honor you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the manifestation of your power, your anointing, your grace, your favor upon your children. Thank you for the seeds we plant wherever we go, here at home and all over the world. We praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you will continue to lead us. Cause that we will be confident children of God who are not afraid to obey you. Because we know you're going to show up. Lord, I pray that we will trust you indeed. That we have no reason to be double-minded. We have no reason at all to doubt. But we will know that God who promised is faithful. Father, we thank you. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Thank you for taking care of all of us. And for those in Zimbabwe, even the seniors there, and the little kids, we pray that your hands will be upon them. That you will continue to provide for them. That those who made a decision to follow you, Lord, that they will come to know you better. That those who think that their lives are all over, that you will give them a reason to continue to live. Yes. We bless your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Regents Church Podcast. To learn more about us, visit us online at www.regentschurch.org.